Memories are sparked by many things, but so often the catalyst is a smell. So when Mary pours a pound of perfume over Jesus' feet, she's not only anointing him for burial, but also leaving a scent that will trigger memories of this moment throughout the years. So gather round and let's do some remembering. Hi and welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. I'm Stuart and I get to be the minister here. We're so glad that you have chosen to join us wherever you are. Please drop a comment below if you're watching and let us know where you are. Don't forget, you can also leave your prayers on our prayer wall on the website at saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk forward slash prayer wall. You'll find lots of other stuff there too, including all of our previous services. So let's dive into our story today. John 12 verses 1 to 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept a common purse and used to steal what was put in it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Guy Garvey's lyrics to Elbow's song, Scatter Black and Whites, sits as a circular image on the shelf behind me in my study. It's an evocative song of two memories. The first is a child coming in from playing at, at dinner time. Been climbing trees. I've skinned my knees. My hands are black. The sun is going down. She scruffs my hair in the kitchen steam. She listens to the dream I weaved today. Crosswords through the bathroom door while someone sings the theme tune to the news. In just a few words, he manages to paint my childhood and perhaps yours. That's part of the genius of it. It's such a simple scene but filled with such rich memories. When I listen to it, there are times when I smile and there are other times it makes me cry and I never know which it's going to be. But then memories are like that, aren't they? And my sister buzzes through the room, leaving perfume in the air. And that's what triggered this. It's so often a smell that triggers our memories. Smells a powerful sense that can take us somewhere else in an instant. In this case, it's a place that's safe and happy, a shelter from the world. I wonder what smells trigger your memory? Flowers? Perfume, WD-40, it can be the strangest of things. On a visit to the Holy Land, Avril and I encountered a sweet, woody fragrance several times. The first was sitting around a fire, so we assumed that it was some kind of burning wood. But the second time the smell appeared was in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and there was no fire there, nothing was burning apart from perhaps some incense. So maybe it was that, maybe it was frankincense. To this day, I have no idea what that smell actually was, but sometimes I catch that scent. 
And immediately I'm back standing in that place where Jesus was crucified and buried. Smells seem to imprint a memory into some deep recess of our minds, waiting for the same scent to unlock that memory, often in surprising places years later. I'm sure that for those present at that meal in Bethany, the, the smell of nard would later transport them back to what we now call Holy Week. You can feel the darkness gathering as we come towards the end of this season of Lent. It's six days before the Passover and we're thrown from Luke's parables of lost things last week into something completely different. This is no ordinary dinner with friends. This is a dinner they will always remember. Jesus is at the house of Lazarus. Lazarus whom Jesus has raised from the dead and that deserves at least a little attention. A dead man eating dinner isn't a usual occurrence although it will happen again on a beach in Galilee. Eating is a sign of real flesh and blood, proof that Lazarus is no ghost and that he has been raised from the dead. But people knew that already. There's a plot to kill Lazarus. You can't leave a dead man walking around. People will get all kinds of ideas about Jesus and about resurrection. That's the kind of story that will spread quickly. That needs to be contained. That needs to be shut down. Now, there were two main religious groups at that time. The Pharisees believed that everyone would be raised on the last day when God would come and heaven and earth would be one. And the Sadducees, they didn't believe in resurrection at all. The two camps disagreed, but neither of them had space in their view of the world and of God for a dead man walking around. Lazarus had to go. This is John's Gospel. And it's always full of signs and symbols. Everything is filled with meaning. Lazarus isn't the only dead man at the table. But Mary is the only one who sees that. Her lavish act of devotion provokes all the same reactions that it would if it happened here and now. She pours a pound of pure nard over Jesus' feet and wipes it with her hair. The smell would be overwhelming. An assault on all of the senses. The perfume would fill the room. The house, every breath of air would be heavy with the smell of that nard. Jesus would smell of it for days. They all would. Mary's hair would hold that smell. It would stick to the disciples' clothes and it, it wouldn't go away soon. In fact, I wonder if perhaps if standing by the fire after Jesus' arrest, it was that Peter smelled the same as Jesus that prompted the servant girl to ask about his allegiances. Anointing the dead was something that women did. Bodies were placed in tombs for a year. Women would, The women would pour perfume and spice the body to mask the smell of decay and to deter animals. And after a year, only bones would be left and these would be buried. Mary is doing for Jesus what would usually have been done after death. She's marked him as a dead man walking. She sees what's happening. She sees what's to come. Judas complains. His character is given to him in brackets. He didn't really care about the poor. He was a thief who kept the money but stole from the common purse. Judas's complaint is one we might all have made. What a waste. He didn't need to use all of that expensive perfume. But Judas can't see. 
It's into that lack of recognition that Jesus says something odd and insightful. And I think it echoes our story from last week where the man with two sons can't see either of them for who they are. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me with you. I wonder if this is about who and what we see. I don't think this is, as it's often been portrayed, some kind of bleak prediction about our inability to make sure poverty is eradicated, although it hasn't been. Jesus could be talking about how quickly he falls out of our thoughts. You're surrounded by the poor, so much so that you don't even notice them anymore. Is the same true of me? Have you stopped noticing me even though I'm right here? Did you know that you become blind to a smell very quickly? It only takes a few minutes. My brother-in-law Scott used to work in a factory that made fish feed. When he came home every night he was stinking. My sister made him change at the back door and his clothes went straight into the washing machine and he went straight into the shower. I have a sense that she would have hosed them in the back garden if she was allowed. The smell was so strong that he couldn't smell a thing. And that wasn't because Scott has no sense of smell. He's now a distiller and a qualified whiskey taster, which is as much about smell as you knows the whiskey as it is about the taste. When we're exposed to something for a while, it becomes normal. When you put on perfume or aftershave, you smell it at first, but very soon you don't smell it, even though others can smell it. We just stop being aware of it. Even though Judas spent three years with Jesus watching all that he did and listening to everything he said, it seems as if it just washed over him. It was as if it was blocked out, just like an aroma. He stopped noticing, became desensitised. That happens when signs and wonders become an everyday occurrence. Imagine that for the people in the room, the smell of nard would be a strong trigger for the rest of their lives. For some it would take them back to that table, and to Mary's act of devotion to a dead man walking. Our memories only often make sense in hindsight though. We understand it all later, when all of it's happened and we can piece it back together to make some kind of sense of it all. This strange embalming of the not yet dead Jesus will become part of the bigger story. It will relate to other things that haven't happened yet. And only when they look back later will they understand it all. But this isn't our memory. We didn't sit around the table with Jesus and Lazarus as Mary poured out her perfume. The smell of nard will never transport us back to that moment. Thankfully though, memories are not only ours. Something amazing happens when we share them with others. In the Elbow Song there is a second memory. As the boy remembers sitting with his grandfather and listening to the old man tell his memories from long before the boy was even born. Disjointed tales that flip between short trousers and a full dress uniform. He talks of people ten years gone, like I've known them all my life, like scattered black and whites. Like many of you, my mum had a case full of old photos scattered black and whites. The faces that look out from these prints have something of the familiar about them. They are people who have had a part in shaping my life because they were part of my parents' lives, even though in some cases we never met. 
or I only have distant memories of childhood encounters. Just like the boy's memories of his grandfather's stories in the song, they're not the same as his grandfather's experience, but through the telling and the sharing, they become part of her own story. The people who feature in the photographs are characters and stories about the olden days, and the stories are the connection between me and them. Those stories are now part of my story. We come back to them from time to time, when we need to feel connected to those we can no longer pop round to visit anymore. We shelter in them some days when we perhaps need a hug from someone who we wish was still here. Even though this strange story of a meal with a dead man living and a living man soon to be dead, a meal punctuated by a lavish act of highly scented love and an ill-informed indignant outburst is not our memory. Through our collective remembering, it still informs who we are now. For us, these words of these stories become like the smell of the nard, and when we least expect it, we catch the scent of these stories of Jesus and our mind is flooded with our own memories, our own experiences of moments of faith, and our imagination does the rest. It connects these fragments of stories with our experience together in a rich tapestry. There are moments when we are just going through the motions. We come to church, we're not really present, we watch online but we're distracted. And then out of nowhere, there are these moments when we are awakened to our reality. We're jolted into realising that Jesus isn't stuck in the pages of a book from long ago. Jesus is here now. Our eyes are opened to what is always there, that which we forget to see. Jesus is here. He always is and always will be ready to be that place of shelter that we all need some days. Jesus the Son
Loving God, you spoke love into this world. You called each of us by name to know you and be with you this day and forever. We give thanks today for the truth and the wisdom shown to us through the life of your Son, our Saviour Jesus. We bring our words of prayer for our troubled world. Aching under the afflictions of disease, poverty and war, help us and those with the power to do so to speak justice. Help us in your name to bring peace and understanding to all peoples. We bring our words of prayer for our country and communities in this time of change and optimism among the uncertainty. Help us and all those in positions of power elected and unelected to shine light into the darkness, hope into the hopelessness. And let us who know your love bring it in word and deed to everyone we meet. We bring our words of prayer for your church as we seek to serve the communities and parishes around us. Help us to understand your love, to use it and cherish it as we dedicate ourselves once more to your message and mission. And we bring our words of prayer for ourselves and for those we love, each with our own strengths and weaknesses, doubts and hopes. Help us to hear your word and use your words for the good of your kingdom, the joy of your people, and the glory of your name. Amen. May God the Creator, God the Source, and God the Spirit be your shelter and refuge in the days and weeks ahead. Let